Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 23 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And uh, Joe, this is a big episode number 23, and we are we are so close, so close to that first week of Overwatch League. I think we got this episode, and then we'll be doing two more episodes, and then it starts. It's true. 14 days from today, really. Yeah, actually, it is two weeks from today. Um, we'll we'll usually have so to this week's a Thursday episode just because um, I had more free time on a Thursday and uh, we just decided to push it back a little bit. Um, but it, they'll usually come out on Tuesdays, so we'll we'll have one the Tuesday. Our big preview episode is gonna come out the Tuesday um, before the first week of 2019, the twelfth. Yes. Uh, so it should be Tuesdays from here on out, a set schedule. Um, I know we've been all over the place during the off season. That's mainly because they're just, there's not, there weren't really any games. Uh, I didn't have a job yet. So we were just kind of, we were more all over the place. I think we're going to be basically set on Tuesdays uh, once that season starts at this point. Uh, but besides, uh, besides that, let's just, I mean, just jump right into the news. I mean, a bunch of the news came today, which is fantastic that we pushed it back, um, recording. Uh, but the first, first piece of news we're going to be talking about is the 2019 all access pass, um, which just got released this afternoon. Um, the 2018 all, all access pass is officially dead you can no longer buy that anymore uh, that ended last night i believe or la- midnight um and today 2019 comes out right away and joe you get a you get a lot it's half half the price it was in 2018 it's only 15 bucks you get um if you're a twitch prime member you get 500 bits which is worth like five bucks i think you get 200 Overwatch League tokens, which is worth $10, and then you get 20% off all Overwatch League merch, uh, which is fantastic. Um, and then, of course, you get uh, a unique viewing system, the Command Center, which has been updated, upgraded in every single way possible because you're no longer stuck to their terrible Command Center that they made themselves. You can make your own little Command Center out of any player's point of view the mainstream um the map even which is just fantastic it's way more interactive it's customizable joe are you as hype as me for this i know both of us were were already on the overwatch league twitch page and stuff hasn't even started there are people chatting like crazy there this is pretty exciting right yeah this is gonna be really good um you know i i sort of uh, I just cynically think maybe this is their way of um, trying to make up for uh, not having something like the Overwatch World Cup viewer um, right here um, immediately at launch uh, for Overwatch League Season 2. But yeah, to have, uh, to be able to assemble your own, uh, you know, POV shots whenever you need, I, assuming, um, you know, I, I imagine the traditional uh, stream camera there as well. But th- that's going to be super cool because um, then I imagine you'll be able to go back, uh, you know, and look at that in the same way you might have done with the uh, Overwatch World Cup viewer that they had. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's really cool right there. It's It's got the same name as last year, but it's it's a very different product that they're giving us here in the Command Center. 
Um, and then, yeah, other than that, um, base, not, notably, there aren't any, um, so far yet at least, any in-game rewards uh, for the all-access pass, except for the 200 Overwatch League, uh, Overwatch League tokens for for four or for two skins, home and away each, um, that you can get. But there there aren't any, you know, like the the gray and gold Overwatch League skins. Um, but you know, those may be coming throughout uh, throughout last season. They added a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, you can pick um, one of the 20 teams, um, and they give you a, a unique set of emotes there for them, as well as um, uh, being able to you know cheer and get uh, other emotes like last year. Um, new this year, they've got a set of. Uh, uh, they call them challenges. Uh, they're on the bottom of the Twitch page, like where the loot drops were um, last season. They have personal challenges and uh, community challenges, uh, which evidently are both going to come in stages as the season goes on. The personal challenges, there's actually uh, three for every week of um, of every stage. But So basically, um, lots of them so far are for um, cheering bits, or for uh, from the first week, it says watch any one match in Command Center, or uh, connect your Blizzard account, which you know in theory you would have done already. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, not not super difficult to earn yourself some more um, Twitch emotes there. Um, some of the the group challenges are you know cheer a certain amount of uh, forty million bits is is the first uh, community challenge. Uh, uh, 40,000 40, mega cheers, which is like, what, 250, 300 bits at once or something, I think. Yeah. Um, something like interestingly, that. one of the other ones is, uh, uh, to gift 10,000 all access passes, um, through, through Twitch chat, um, uh, or through Twitch, um, and that's one of the community challenges. So, like, like we said, um, when this launched earlier today, um, chat is, is full already of people, um, you know, sitting around, uh, waiting to receive gift, uh, waiting to receive gifted all access passes. But, um, uh, is there, is there a way to figure out how many people are in chat right now? I don't, th I don't uh, think there is cause there's not, so, there's not something, uh, it's not a live broadcast. So that it doesn't say how many people are watching, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I'm scrolling through like the user list right now and man is it's it's a lot of people maybe oh, more yeah, than maybe more than you'll uh maybe more than the opening night will get <laughs> yeah i'll have to see i mean there's, there's gonna be some good matches opening night so we'll see yeah. <laughs> we'll see well i mean I, I wish we could we could tell how many people were in here right now but it's a it's a good amount um if you just scroll through the list it's it takes a while to scroll through that thing um yeah this is i mean overall it just seems like they want everybody to have this honestly like they they're they're going with the gifts they're going with um all this new stuff uh making it cheaper uh basically i mean just having an achievement there that's like hey why don't you why don't you gift uh gift people the same thing you have right here yeah and uh just like last time when we mentioned the all access pass we're not sponsored by twitch uh though we wouldn't mind it i'm sure um but yeah no i also would agree that it's it's definitely something you want to pick up if i mean if you're a, a listener to this show you know presumably Hello? you're gonna be watching uh your fair share of overwatch league here um in the coming months so um yeah this is 
definitely worth it for you, I think. And, you know, yeah. presumably they'll just only be adding stuff as the season goes on. Yeah, uh, you can only assume that. Maybe some more free skins. Uh, some. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the generic Overwatch League skins, but they did give us a bunch of home skins, away skins, which was fantastic. Uh, probably some more of that this year. Uh, but yeah world is so is there is it confirmed that that world cup viewer is not happening at the beginning at least or i imagine they been would have told us by then yeah. by now i mean we're two weeks out <laughs> yeah I, i'd imagine i feel like at some point it'll happen because the, the world cup viewer wasn't like there were bugs but it wasn't like that buggy to the point where i'd be like ah oh, no nah, this isn't until like next year so i assume it'll come out come at some point yeah um yeah i would think so but either way, I'm not too upset because we have this. This is nice. I, this is the way I'm going to watch it live anyway until until they're able to add commentator's voice and all that stuff into into the, the World Cup viewer type thing. Anything else to say about uh, the 2019 All Access Pass, Joe? It's fantastic, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a good fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we aren't even sponsored by them yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so the other big news that dropped today is uh, speaking the merch. of not being sponsored, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, exactly. The merch sponsored by Fanatics, and um, <laughs> the the new merch is up. You got all all your teams here. It's pretty pretty uh, similar to last year's merch overall, except this time you're getting uh, you're getting that personalized jersey on the first week already last year you had to i think we waited like a little bit maybe two, three or four weeks before they added um, jerseys with players names on the back of them so now you get that here um you get home you get away jerseys you get you get it all here um and then you you got just shirts you got some hoodies some long sleeves you have these new like design coolly designed um uh long sleeve shirts and short sleeve shirts uh that are all sort of they're they're cool they're related to like the location um and stuff like that they're they're nice and personalized and then you also for each team have um autograph stuff uh autograph jerseys autograph pictures an autograph jersey will cost you a hundred bucks and an autograph picture will cost you 50 bucks uh but there are some hilarious autographs uh in here I personally really like the uh, the profit profit <laughs> one is hilarious. Uh, Gagari's is very cool too. I think she drew a frog at the end of her signature, so that's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's notable that um, not all of the team or not all of the players on every team have uh, have autographed things there in the shop yeah. yet, but that might be you know coming in the future. We don't know. Yeah, it's mainly just like the, the like player you recognize. Like it's sure for for the gladiators and all. It's like, it's the most popular player basically because their signature is worth the most apparently. Um, but but yeah, uh, you got all the new teams. I think I'm gonna probably use my twenty percent off to 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 get a Vancouver Titans jersey. Um, I need one of those and maybe a gladiators jersey as well. So I'm excited overall, Joe. What do you any anything else you noticed on on the shop? I mean, it's very similar to last year, just on a new website. It seems like I, I had free shipping 
until Friday is the other thing, I guess. It's true, yeah. Um, and they've you won't miss that if you go to the site. They'll they'll remind you for sure. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, it's it, you know there's lots of room to grow into stuff too. I mean, like you said, sort of a um, basic array of things. Now they've combined like what they had it into the AM with the with the named jerseys um, and also the like Blizzard store stuff that was there last year. It's all combined into one space, which is nice. Um, doesn't actually, now that I see this, it doesn't look like you can, um, customize your own though anymore. You can't put whatever name you want. Ooh. So you missed that. I never do that. I I never do that, but I know there are people that do. So sad for those people. You'll have to raise an outcry and then maybe they'll add that back. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they will in some way, in some form later on in the season. Uh, I'm just note the Atlanta Rain um, jerseys have like black numbers on them, and it looks kind of disgusting to me. Um, don't know why I just <laughs> I just decided to say that. Ooh, uh, you could re- the, like it, the home jerseys or the yeah the home jerseys. Yeah, the home jerseys. Yeah, it looks kind looks kind of weird. Um, but besides that, I like everyone. I I don't think there's too many jerseys I dislike besides the usual culprits, the old bright yellow mayhem jerseys. Uh, I really like the Guangzhou jerseys. I know you mentioned being a fan of their colors, Joe. I really like those jerseys. Those jerseys are slick. Yeah, I like it when it's uh, uh, when it's orange, and not when it's or wait, no, it's just it's the other way around. Whatever. But yes, the jerseys look good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Um, it looks yeah, like looks like they might have coaches too. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, because Gary. Like for Chengdu, for example, that's it's not Gary. a player. Yeah. Um, uh, or maybe let me check. What other coaches do I know here? Cool, Matt Bonnie. Yeah, maybe just some. Co- I know coaches cause... had some coaches had it last year. I don't know if they're doing the same thing this year. I know like you could you could definitely buy coaches ones. I, I remember that. Um, maybe I'm going crazy. I don't know. I don't see Harsha on, like, Titans or anything else. But, uh, well, I don't know. This is just – it's cool. It's cool that we have stuff back. It's cool that we have um, new the new team's gear, and uh, we can see what they look like. J.K. Gary is just a player that I didn't remember. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but they, def- I de- they definitely had coaches last year. I remember that. Um. But yeah, anything you're you're gonna make a purchase on, Joe? Uh maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's still kind of expensive. It, um, is, it is pretty expensive. <laughs> All the the jerseys with names are eighty five uh, U.S. dollars, and without it's sixty. Um, and then yeah, plus some I, of the other shirts and stuff. But I don't think it's a bad choice to go no name. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad choice at all. Um, it looks the jersey look kind of looks different on. Um, it looks like the sleeve is like dotted, you know, like it looks like it's a, like you could air it out. It kind of looks like a sports jersey if I zoom into this thing, which uh, is I, it's definitely different from last year, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, uh, I think people were saying on the subreddit that the jerseys on here are different from the ones that the players were wearing. Is that right? Uh, not that I've noticed so far. I mean the the Philly ones are black. That's new. 
Yeah, apparently there was like very subtle differences that I was oh. like, yeah. like the color, the shades were a bit different or something like that. I don't know about subtle differences. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't mind it too much if there is any subtle differences. Uh, but God, yes, this Guangzhou Charge. I'm not. I don't even think I'm gonna be a fan of Guangzhou Charge, but their jerseys, they're so beautiful. I, I love these colors. Uh, anything else? We're just like, I'm just like fawning over all the colors again. Um, we should probably move on unless you got anything else true. This is making for some great audio. This is. Uh, yeah. Just, you could, you could hear me salivating. Uh, so, so let's get out to like player news. Mangachu, the, the person everyone was upset, uh, unfortunately had to be kicked off XL2 along with every single other person because of the new direction they're going in. Uh, he's he's found a home immediately, which is fantastic. Uh, Mayhem Academy, a great pickup for Mayhem Academy, who is sort of middle of the pack or terrible, usually in contenders so far. So uh, that is a fantastic pickup. Uh, of course, if you don't know Mangachu, he was on Canada World Cup team. He's, he has not been an owl yet, but a lot of people think he has the talent to do so. Uh, you happy about this, Joe? You happy he's got a home already? Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's why I uh, threw it on the the rundown here. Yeah, just because it's worth mentioning. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the the tweet that says this guy comes running at you with his torp hammer. What do you do? You sign him. <laughs> <laughs> so you absolutely sign him. Um, yeah, that's pretty big. And then Philadelphia Fusion, your team, uh, signed uh, Christopher as an assistant coach. He used to. He was he was playing on the UK World Cup team in the group stages, and then he got replaced by Fusions, of course, in the end. But uh, he's no longer a player; he's coaching. Uh, Joe, as a Fusion fan, are you excited about this? Do you see potential in this man as a coach? Uh yeah. I, th- I mean, I think so. That's um, you know, like he made a uh, it was a, it was a deliberate choice, like um, Neptuno had done. Or no, I guess that was even before group stages that Natuno stepped down. But uh, it was a, li- a deliberate choice of his um, to step down out of the team, uh, and then Fusions to come in because he wanted to get into coaching. So he's been, you know, LFT for a handful of months, uh, but now he's here with uh, with Philly with Coach Hayes, um, who I think also actually was now that I think about it with Team UK. Uh, so that that might be where uh, some of that connection actually comes in, but. Uh, yeah, that that'll be uh, that'll be cool for them. You know, that's uh, the uh, uh, announcements uh, seemed excited. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd, I'd I'd be excited. Philadelphia, they've they've got a lot to live up to. They've got to bolster up with with anybody they can at this point. Uh, he, I mean, you gotta hope that he's not gonna hurt the team. Um, and everyone's just like, the, the, it's his fault that we're doing poorly. Uh, you really got to hope that. But um, I doubt he's, as an assistant coach, I doubt you can hurt the team that much unless you're very toxic and uh, and ruining the starting lineup or something like that. But, uh, yeah, uh, very nice to see some more pickups. I mean, we're getting close to the season. We're still we'll, we're still seeing some free agent stuff. We're still seeing some coach pick up, coaching pickups, which is – it's nice. The teams are always out there looking for new talent to pick up. Uh, so as far as patches go, Joe, the patch man, 
uh, give us an update on on how the patches are going. We got 1.32, 1.33 action. Um, so 1.32 went live, correct? Yeah. So it's been uh, like 10 days since we've done. Excuse me, since we did our last show. Yes. I'm cough. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's been a few days uh, since we did our last show. But in that time period, yes, uh, patch 1.32 went live. Uh, this is the patch that Overwatch League Stage 1 is going to be played on. Uh, this is the one that changed. Uh, this is the nerf to armor, uh, nerf to uh, Brigida's rally, uh, as well as D.Va's defense matrix and brought that Reaper buff. Um, so again, that's, that's live. That's been live for about a week now. Um, but notably, yeah, so yesterday, um, yesterday afternoon, evening, um, the PTR was updated then since um, uh, since there hadn't been a PTR patch there for a few days um, to 1.33, which sort of came out of nowhere, um, just that we weren't really expecting anything. But all of a sudden, we have a new 2CP map. Uh, this is... Uh, Paris, an elegant city of art and romance, is how the uh, the patch notes describe it here. Um, mm. So th there, there's a couple points. Uh, you know, it's themed sort of evening um, or, or like late afternoon, maybe um, in Paris. And so you got some fights in the streets. And then the the first point, um, there's a big sort of gap into presumably the Seine. Um, yeah, actually, that's what that description says. So, like, there's there's a water hazard there, but you can see the uh, the Eiffel Tower off in the distance. So that's kind of cool. And then up onto onto second point, which is inside sort of a uh, some kind of mansion, which is cool. Um, notably about second point Paris um, is that I think uh, we talked a little bit about this when when Busan came out. That like Busan Sanctuary is one of the smallest. Uh, points in the game in terms of like physical size um, but I think uh, Paris second is one of uh, the largest points now in the game uh, it's just just physically uh, it's got lots of space there but um, and there, it's also cool because there's lots of ways to come at it um, unlike you know say Hanamura B there's like three paths you can take um, but yeah a Paris Paris B is going to be really interesting to watch um Presumably we won't see it until at least stage two of the Overwatch League, but uh, you should go go check it out. There's lots of Omnic designs and stuff going around. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to check it out. I, I, I'm downloading the PTR patch right now as we record this episode, <laughs> so I can. There we go. Yeah. Uh, then lots yeah. of bug fixes and stuff, uh, but the other big change uh, that isn't bug fixes is they change uh, some of the priority of uh, the way health and shields and armor stack up. So um, if we can think about, you know, the way Overwatch has sort of looked since the release of Brigida, um, that sometimes you, you'll end up with situations, especially if you're running a brig with Azaria or a brig with Zenyatta, um, that they're left with rally armor that sits under their shields. Um, and so that it's... Um, it can be a lot harder to try to get that um, armor off of them because the shields can regenerate, uh, and you have to you have to go down through all the shields before you can start chipping away at the armor. Um, and so you know you'd have a 325 HP Zenyatta uh, with you know 75 points of armor that couldn't hardly be touched. Uh, 
But uh, this this patch 1.33 again on, live on the PTR right now uh, has changed up the order. So uh, they, they refer to recoverable and non-recoverable health shields and armor. Uh, so whereas on uh, the live server and previous patches, the order of priority on a health bar would be non-recoverable shields. Uh, this is something like uh, Lucio's sound barrier. Uh, recoverable shields, which is something like uh, the Zenyatta's shields or Zarya's shields or Symmetra. Uh, non-recoverable armor, which um, is like uh, Brigida armor, Rally armor. Recoverable, recoverable armor, uh, such as is in like the health pools of Diva or Reinhardt. Uh, non-recoverable health, which currently doesn't really exist, um, and recoverable health, and that was the the order that that would line up. Um, but now on this PTR patch, it goes non-recoverable shields, armor, and health, and then recoverable shields, armor, and health. Um, and essentially, what that means is that the the extra stuff goes on top now instead of within uh, the hero's base um, health and armor and shields pool uh, to make it a little bit more exposed. Uh, so, and this actually can be, um, you know, a really big change. You know, we saw this nerf to armor come in on what is now the live patch. Um, and this is essentially another nerf to, um, armor, but specifically armor that's given out. And of course there's exactly one hero in the game that can give armor. Um, so yes, this is, you know, the eighth consecutive nerf to Brigida or what I, I, I want to look up that number at some point, but um, this is, you know, some this is a, yeah, another essentially nerf to Brigida um, and the way that her armor works. Yeah. Um, so, as Stylosa <laughs> went so far as to say that she's probably garbage tier now. Um, I, I don't know if that's the case, but those were the words he used. Um, wow. Well, we'll, ha we'll have to see, but it, it is really significant to to um, yeah, to have that armor just be uh, a lot more exposed again, particularly on Zenyatta. Um, oh, yeah, and, I mean, you know, sorry to another extent, but uh, that's like one of the main reasons. Like, I feel like that's one of the main reasons Zen Brig is so strong, and Brig is still played like Brig still played like crazy, is because like is because that Zen, especially if you have someone like Jonak or it's a really good Zen, if if he's constantly got that much health, um, it's pretty hard to kill him. So. I, I totally I, I agree with that. I don't know if garbage tier is is the <laughs> it, it correct seemed, seemed tier. a little harsh. Yeah, um, especially since Brig has been like S tier, like the best character in this game uh, ever since she was released. So it's crazy to call her garbage tier right after like this this nerf, which isn't even. I mean, it is specifically for her, but Blizzard doesn't even mention it specifically for her. Yeah, and the the other the other uh, you know significant thing about this is you know at least the existence of uh, this thing called non-recoverable health, uh, which again doesn't really exist in the game, um, but you know it might come along uh, maybe in the future. You know if this is a system that they've set up, um, you know in uh, in terms of you know maybe a hero that can overheal um, or, or you know preemptively heal. Um, kind of like Brigitte's armor pack does with giving armor, um, but with like regular health instead. Um, yeah, you're just maybe we'll a character that just gives health, doesn't give a shield or armor. Yeah. 
gives people health or something like that. Hmm. Or, or like you're saying, just a character that has that ability somehow. The structure is uh, there, at least. <laughs> yeah. It, it can happen now if they would like to do it. Uh, but yeah, interesting PTR patch. Can't wait to look at Paris. And that is a very significant change. It may seem small, but it is very significant that um, that that armor is getting a little bit more nerfed here once again. Uh, but that's all we got for the news. Um, we've got we've got a good amount of topics today uh, to talk about alongside our season two preview, which is continuing this week. We're so close to the end, Joe. Only four teams left to preview. Uh, we'll we'll do two more this week. But before that, uh, there was a little little article buzzing around the esports esports realm this week. It, the NCAA, which is um, the college sports organization, collegiate sports organization that runs uh, all, all the sport, big sporting events, of course, college football, college basketball, all that stuff. Uh, they, they were sort of asked about esports because, of course, everyone is looking towards towards college esports. We've got professional esports, but the college college scene ha- doesn't have one official organization organizing all of colleges together to to do esports and. The NCAA came out and they said um, that they won't support violent esports as they won't change their values. Um, and these violent esports titles include Counter Strike, Dota 2, League of Legends, and Overwatch. Um, very surprised that Dota 2 and League of Legends are on that. Uh, Overwatch, Counter Strike, a little bit more understandable since you are you have guns and you're killing people there are guns in dota 2 and league of legends but you gotta remember it's like eagle eyes view of this map and you all you can really see are like is like magic and beams and all this light going at each other which was weird to me league of legends and dota 2 are very cartoony in my eyes and i don't find them violent at all there's no like blood or anything same with overwatch there's no like blood it's not too violent but counter-strike has has that stuff um so those are the specific games NCAA has has problems with, but I think it's I think this is hilarious um, because everyone's pointing out the irony and the fact that uh, the NCAA treats their football players terribly, and that is a lot more violent, a lot more physically violent, and can actually hurt people um, compared to. Compared to esports, uh, in which nobody is actually physically physically hurting each other. Joe, as a you're still part of Butler Esports, I am no longer. But as a Butler Esports guy, are, does this upset you? Are you? Is it? I mean, it, it's kind of BS, right? Yeah, it's certainly super interesting. Um, I, I do want to point out, um, you know, maybe to um, to re- resolve your your question there about. Uh, you know, Dota 2 League of Legends, um, that at least this article, uh, you know, sort of lists those as the examples that it comes up with uh, for what might be violent esports titles. Um, as far as I can see, that the NCAA itself uh, never actually specifically mentioned them uh, for what that's okay. worth. But, uh, but yeah, they, they do quote here um, uh, the president of the NCAA um, saying here that. Um, you know, he says, is esports athletics, we need to lead that debate. 
Uh, can the NCAA address concerns around esports? It's hugely gender biased. A lot of the content contains violence. There are health and wellness issues. So that may present an opportunity to better align NCAA values with the games. We, but we won't change our values to fit a game. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's, you know, some of that, you know, there is merit to, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, disagree that uh, esports and video gaming in general is hugely gender biased. Um, but, but yeah, even just the things, the little bits about, you know, oh, you know, there's health and wellness issues to playing video games because everybody who plays video games is, you know, out of shape and never takes care of themselves and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's uh, clearly there are lots of things uh, that can be done at the collegiate level and are being done. Um, again, this article, you know, talks about um, the Ivy League schools have come up with their own esports conference independently from um, that conference administration. Uh, Big Ten um, and the Peach Belt conferences have actually sponsored their own um, intercollegiate leagues, as does uh, the Big East, which Butler is a part of, uh, in both Rocket League and League of Legends now. Um but you know, lots of lots of schools are interested in it. Lots of conferences are interested in it. Um, and I think, again, talking about you know the way, um, you know, that people don't like the NCAA. The one thing that's consistent uh, with them, it seems like, is you know that they uh, they like to be able to get money out of uh, the things that are going on at the collegiate level. And there is lots of money in collegiate sports. Um, you know, whether whether it's um, or reality or not yet is is a different thing, but it's definitely on its way. Um, yeah, yeah, I think this is definitely not the last we're, <laughs> we're going to hear about this from uh, from the NCAA. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh, seeing what happens. I, I could easily see them ch- changing their values if dollar signs are involved. Um, that's that's just the NCAA for you. But even even people like the Big East, the Big East doesn't want to do Overwatch. I remember because because of it because of it's a violent video game, um, so they're all sort of hesitant, and it's weird that it's specifically like the college ones that are just like kind of hesitant because of violent video games. Um, when you when you've got things like the Overwatch League, um, and Counter Strike is just one of the most viewed esports in, in general, so. It's crazy that they don't see like Overwatch and Counter Strike, two of the most popular esports games. Um, they think, oh, it's not worth it because there's violence involved. Um, it's it's super interesting. I definitely think I agree with you. This is not the last we're going to be hearing from NCAA about any of this. And um, if if there's a high demand for for Overwatch and Counter Strike college esports, uh, I think. I think NCAA will, will change their mind about that uh, for sure because they, they are money hungry. They are very money hungry. Uh, yeah, overall, I just thought this was an interesting thing to bring up, especially since we're both part of uh, Butler Esports in some way. Um, I mean, as as someone still part of the club, do you, are you, I mean, would you eventually want it to to go to NCAA and for it to have a similar system to college sports right now, or are you okay with like all these just independent, like the Big East, just running, running everything for Butler? It's it's sort of interesting because um, um, the the way that esports you know is constructed that um, there are already 
um, corporations and organizations that literally own the games, um, yeah. you, which which is different than you know something like foot, football or basketball, which you know there is the NFL, um, there is the NBA, but there's um, they, they don't have you you know the the complete and total interest in the game that exists the way that for example blizzard does over overwatch um and and so you know and so in that way there's lots of um disjointedness kind of in in um some of these you know collegiate and semi-professional or or non-professional um esports scenes um that I think that would could definitely benefit from some sort of um, some sort some sort of unifying force there, um, you know. But then again, that uh, that there is you know um, comes up with concerns again about uh, being cognizant of you know of the, of the players and what they need and um, how they can be um, uh, nurtured and you know helped along because like you know we see uh, really top collegiate teams doing uh, really well in. Uh, like open division, I don't think any have made it into contenders yet. But uh, you know, like I, I think of Maryville University, who made like top ten, I think, in a um, open division this season, um, and j- just stuff like that. That you know, the closer and closer they get to like professional level, that's uh, it's going to be more and more important to have something there. Yeah, and also just the closer. And once we get to people, older, older people, um, and by older, I mean like up to like 30, like 25 to 30 year olds, like once we get like right now, the main professional esports player is like on average about like 18 years old, um, which is when you go to college usually. But, uh, right now, instead of going to college, all these people are just going to the pros. Right. So, um, I think it'll also take the norm or these players growing up and still it's happening in league of legends right now. Um, a bunch of the good players that came in the league when they were like 18, 19, they're like 24, 25 now, and they're still in the league and they're still doing super well. They're still the best choices for their teams. Um, so once it's just because it's just starting that everyone's so young, like once once people in Overwatch League are are getting older, but they're still good enough to be in the league, that's when you start having these these colleges pop up as a funneling system into the league, um, because the teams are um, maybe going to want these older, more experienced players more than the younger players. Once we get to it, I think it's going to take that. Um, it's also going to take, like you're saying, I, right now, like you're saying with Blizzard owning overwatch riot owns league of legends and it seems like that is the way to go if you're an overwatch and you player and you're at a college you go to tespa that's blizzard's organizer if you are a league of legends player you go to ulol which is riot's organizer um you just go to where they it's like it's blizzard's choice if blizzard doesn't want ncaa to succeed then they can just make it so they don't (laughs) that it's their game um if they would rather tespa be be the one they can prevent ncaa big east anyone from playing overwatch um 
that that's the big difference between esports and sports. Yeah, you're right. You're right there, Joe. So, well, if, even if NCAA wants to be the organization, they might not have a choice. Um, but I'm sure if there's money involved, things can happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anything else on this topic, Joe? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. That's before. Yeah. I mean, that's lots to talk about um and then now we move on to a nice little topic that i thought would be fun to talk about they always talk about uh betting odds on sports shows so so i got excited at the idea of doing it myself on our our own podcast show uh the odds to win overwatch league 2019 came out on bovada which is a betting site a sports betting site um and basically excels new york excelsior the the favorites to win at plus 250 uh how, how the odds work by the way is if if since the excelsior is plus 250 if you were to bet one dollar on the excelsior you would win two dollars and fifty cents um so you, the the least favored justice the washington justice and the chengdu hunters way down there at plus ten thousand um so if you do bet if you bet a dollar on them you'll win a hundred bucks um, so it might be worth just dropping dropping a little coin there on I mean it's it's upset worthy if you were to if you were to make a if you were to make a nice little like you could easily bet on Spitfire Excelsior Joe right and you would, you would be confident with your pick but if you wanted to make the most money possible by betting the smallest amount and legitimately like you have a chance to win who do you think you go with here on this list Joe um, I can start us off if you need some time to think. I, I, I gave you this question last second. Uh, yeah, no, you, you go first, I think. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I, I've been telling my couple of my friends are big into sports betting and they asked me about this since I'm the only one that knows about esports. I've been, I mean, I've said it on this podcast so many times, but I've been saying gladiators and gladiators are at plus a thousand right now, which is tied with dynasty for like the fifth best odds to win um i think i think that's a good i think that's a good bet right there i honestly i told them like it's it could be anybody i think last year it could be anybody this year it could be again i mean you have the excelsior who we know i think everyone agrees has the best roster but they choke in the playoffs every time you have spitfire who um they kind of have a rough they're they're super inconsistent and they just happen to be super on on just the up the upturn right there at the end there to win it all um and then you have fusion in third at plus 600 uh who who got second last year and they were also super inconsistent so right off the bat with the top three you have three inconsistent teams and i feel like that's a good sign that um you could take many of these like anybody it feels like anybody could win this which is what i love about overwatch league but uh i go gladiators uh just because i mean that's not confirming their their number one of my power rankings or anything just because that's <laughs> that's the best um if you wanted to make a risky bet or, yeah or, if you wanted to make a, a slightly less risky bet yeah a slightly less risky bet that i think has a chance of winning um if you want to make the most money for something that 
has st- I still think has a chance of winning. I'm not going to go out here and tell you, oh, yeah, bet on the mayhem plus 8,000. Yeah, <laughs> somebody down in the Reddit comments um, sort of translated that into percentages, and so they said that puts um, Gladiators at like 9.1% or something, um, if that makes you, or if that helps yeah. you visualize it better. But, um, but yeah, so I, I was actually... Um, Glancing over this list, that was actually a team I was definitely looking at. Yeah, LA Gladiators, um, they're on the fifth tier. If you wanted to go a little bit crazier, uh, uh, you, you could go for a team like uh, Dallas Fuel. They're sitting at, pl- at plus 2,500. Um, you, you know, not that, again, not that I expect that they're going to run away with the season, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. You know, that's, that's a risk that you could reasonably take maybe you know who knows yeah. it's yeah honestly i agree with you joe that's who i was uh that's another one i told my friends about i was like i like like i like dallas to be like i'm not sure if they're gonna win or not but i like like i can see them being that surprise team that just makes a run and wins it all like, the, the, I could they, see they could be the long shot yeah Exactly. I, I could definitely see them out of any of these long shot teams at that level. I could definitely see see them in that position out of anybody, especially with Jane and a great coaching staff behind it and how they looked at the end of this season as well last year. So um, any anybody else worth mentioning here? Boston, I think, is another interesting one because they're way at the bottom at plus six thousand six hundred. I know everyone does not like their new roster, but I think it's specifically interesting because I think they would be like at similar odds last year and they ended up finish, finishing with the second best record in the league. Um, so I think that's just another interesting one. Uh, you, see, you see them, obviously, their roster does not look good, as good on paper right now, but they they didn't look good on paper last year either. So uh, that could be that could be the the long shot to take out of those like bottom four teams right there um hmm anything else interesting and if we've wet your whistle for power rankings come back two weeks from now <laughs> yeah exactly if you guys really want to know our real power rankings here we're just getting giving them who to bet on right now but two weeks from now two weeks uh speaking of previews and power rankings we have been previewing season two team by team week by week so far um we've done (laughs) almost every single team in this league except four teams and those four teams are um the paris eternal guangzhou charge and then the two teams we are going to be doing today, which is the Washington Justice and the Seoul Dynasty. We've done all the other teams. If you didn't get to listen to those episodes, go on back uh, on your podcast app or something like that. Uh, we put the teams we're previewing in the description of the episode so you can find the team you want to hear nice and easy. Uh, it's at the end of every episode. It's the last thing we do. All right. Um, anything? Oh, yes. Uh, for each team. We take a look, of course. We give them an off-season grade, uh, so how they did in the off-season. Um, basically, the pickups, the roster, what changes they made. And then uh, we take a look at, are we predict who we think their standout player, the MVP is going to be. We give you our anticipated matchups and storylines. And then we finally compare what we think their results are going to be to season one. 
and if they're a new team we just give you give you a little bit of a placement not an exact power rankings but where we think they would land about Joe, let's start it off with the Washington Justice uh, team that uh, everyone is pretty iffy on, including the odds. They're at the very bottom uh, alongside Chengdu at plus 10,000. So uh, what? they're a little bit of a rough team to look at, but what what do you think of their, their offseason, their roster? What grade would you give this one? Do they only they only have six players? They do have eight. Yeah, the, if, if, if we're looking at the same site, it just hasn't been updated. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to a different miss, site. Missing from that list probably for you is uh, Otto and Guido. Ah, uh, yes. Um, okay. But yeah, so uh, again, looking at this, uh, the roster, they've got uh, Janice, uh, Corey, Stratus, Otto, uh, Sansom, uh, Fazix, Guido, uh, and Hyonu. Uh, there for an eight-man roster. Um, so actually lots of... Um, NA talent, uh, you know, to an extent with Corey from Gladiators Legion, uh, Stratus played for NRG, uh, Fazix also played for NRG in the past. Um, the only returning all player they've got, uh, obviously there is Janice um, on the tank role from uh, New York Excelsior. Um, but of course, coming in with uh, the other coach, uh, Coach Wizard, is uh, there now for Washington Justice. Uh, which is notable, you know, <laughs> uh, coming uh, from the New York Excelsior. But, um, but yeah, the, in general, this isn't a team that people are super excited about, um, which which kind of makes sense. You know, it's we've got some, or I guess uh, uh, Otto was also in Overwatch League. What am I saying? Yeah. Um, and Guido, yeah, Otto, Guido, yeah. Janus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so three, three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like uh, the the Spanish Inquisition sketch all over again. Uh, <laughs> the, the three returning Overwatch League players. Uh, but no, it's... Uh, yeah, so I tend to agree, though, that this, this isn't a roster I'm super excited about. Um, and I think part of that just has to do... <coughs> part of that just has to do with um, sort of the, the the way that it was put together. I don't know, it's... Um, not not lots of uh, synergies coming in necessarily. Not um, not lots of players that are, are really well known, which again is uh, outside of um, you know the contenders region they've been playing in. Maybe, um, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, I, I I thought the the actual roster announcement though was one of the best ones. Uh, if you remember the 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 DC roster was announced in a series of tweets, um, and they had like comic book style art that somebody oh, yeah. had done, yeah. and they did like um, comics of all the players. That was kind of cool, but yeah, uh, yeah. unfortunately, that was one of the yeah. coolest things about their off season. <laughs> um, for for my for sense. my my personal uh, you know opinion, so yeah, if you give them an off season grade, I mean, it's 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 a team. Uh, it's a team that nobody, including me, is expecting to do very well, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, it's a team. It's a team. Um, <laughs> uh, Wizard did make, got a team, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I don't players. know. Unfortunately, it's, it's not going to have to be a very good grade. I'll give them a, you know, a C minus or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like to be nice with my grades. 
Yeah. <laughs> Washington Justice. Yeah. Uh, whew, like you're saying, I mean, the only impressive thing are the three Overwatch League players here. I mean, Guido, he, he was okay. Uh, Otto, he was, he was pretty good. Janice was pretty good. Uh, but none of those three names, like, do I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, that those are fantastic pickups. And Janice isn't like someone I'm super excited that they started the roster out with. Um, but what what trips me up are, are the three North American players on this team, Corey Stratus and Fazix, uh, all from NRG. Or is one of them from somewhere else? Uh, Corey came from Gladiator's Legion. Yeah, yeah, Corey from Gladiator's Legion. Stratus and Fazix from NRG. Um, I mean, those those teams and contenders were not even the most impressive NA contenders teams necessarily. So uh, I, I think that's already a bad sign for most people because NA contenders is not even considered to be to have some of the best talent unless you're on fusion university or xl2 used to be on xl2 um but yeah this the roster's not that impressive from from the names uh, the uh, the two unknowns for me are sansam and hyonu uh both of them from korean contenders uh sansam metathena i believe yes and um yeah i i mean just overall on paper this team does not seem impressive to me whatsoever i know there are a bunch the rumors that justice is doing well in scrims um scrims aren't necessarily the best way to determine who's the best uh, especially because a lot of people hide strats during scrims and don't try their hardest during scrims on purpose or try new things in scrims so they can figure out their exact strategy or they play minecraft or they play Minecraft in scrims. <laughs> uh, Washington beat NYXL in scrims by default because they were playing Minecraft. Uh, but yeah, apparently they, they're doing kind of good in scrims, but I, I don't take that. I still think they're not going to be that great. Um, Kate Mitchell, the big rumors around Washington was Kate didn't have, wasn't given enough money to sign good players. And they're gonna have to moneyball it, and I—it's um, funny because um, they had that whole segment on Wizard at the near the end of the season about how he wants to be like Moneyball, like Billy Bean in the Oakland Athletics. If you haven't seen that movie, but basically the Oakland Athletics is an MLB team that is not very rich, and in the MLB team, the richest teams win. Uh, but this guy came in, Billy Bean, and made the most made the best roster he could with very little money just based off of players that would just these unknown players that nobody wanted because they were kind of weird or something like that so maybe that's what they tried to do here but i don't think it is so i'm gonna give him a d i'm a little more harsher than you joe uh as as i always say prove us wrong (laughs) yeah prove us wrong my challenge to the team I agree with you. I I would love everyone to prove us wrong. I want no Owen twenty eighteen this year, please. I want everybody to to have at least one win, which is what we could not say about last year. Of uh, standout players, MVP. Who's the MVP of Washington Justice this season, Joe? If they were to have one, um, 
I think I'm probably going to have to pick the easy one here uh, and say it's going to have to be Janice uh, coming up and using his um, super fancy uh, New York Excelsior experience that he has um, to, to come in and pull this team together. Uh, t together with, with Coach Wizard, you know, obviously, um, it's going to be a big part of that too. But uh, we're picking players, so <laughs> it's, it's going to be yeah. Janice for me. <laughs> All right, uh, it makes sense. Janice will bring uh, the Minecraft strats to to the Washington Justice. I agree with that. Uh, but I'm gonna go. Hmm, who am I gonna go with? I, Janice is a great pick, but I'm gonna go with uh, Otto. Um, I, I was I was pretty impressed with his, his DPS play last season. I'll I'll go with him. To, to maybe perhaps make the Washington Justice better than everybody thinks they will be. Uh, but I don't think they will be too good, so it's hard to give someone MVP on a team that is going to be okay. Uh, anticipated matchups. This is a new team, so it is hard to pick rivalries already, but um, who, who, who are you looking forward to see seeing uh, Washington play? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we always think about just interleague stuff uh so teams like seoul uh obviously guido coming from seoul or new york um this is even with the the coach battle that'll be yeah um you, you know sort of an interesting um storyline at least for that match um but you know in terms of actually like significant matches um when uh washington plays plays teams like florida or Chengdu, um is also going to be uh, notable, I think, um, even just for the sake of, uh, you know, because those may end up, uh, you know, unfortunately, spoiler alert, might, uh, you know, end up determining some of the the bottom of the league. But yeah. uh, in some ways, that's just as exciting as the top. Yeah, <laughs> in some ways, it is. Um, yeah, it's hard to anticipate too many matchups besides NYXL and Seoul, like you're saying. Um, maybe Shanghai for Otto, Otto and uh, I don't know. I, I'll go with like local Philadelphia, Boston, just anyone on the East Coast. Washington usually has a beef with. So, um, yeah, Philly, Boston, New York, probably going to be their main rivals throughout the season. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I mean, hopefully hopefully this, this team does better than expected. So I do look forward to watching them play. Um, I would love that. So they didn't have a season one, of course. So we just give a little range of where we think we're going to place. And uh, Joe, do you think do you think the audience members can even tell where we're going to rank them? We we haven't been too transparent about this one, you know. Uh, I didn't know until very recently. Oh, oh, do I mean, you talk about <laughs> Washington specifically? It, yeah, yeah. No. Just, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a it's a <laughs> mystery here. <laughs> It's a little bit of a mystery where we're going to be ranking Washington. Honestly, we should just skip over it. Like, I feel like everybody knows. I, f I feel like that'd be a power move if we just <laughs> <laughs> just passed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, they'll find out soon enough. <laughs> they will find out. They'll find out soon enough. But I, th I think they know where-ish we have them. Um, Soul Dynasty. That is <laughs> Apologies to the DC fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh soul dynasty we this is our last team from season one joe that we get to preview 
Uh, we've taken a long time. We're sorry, Soul fans, but we're finally here. Soul changed a lot up. They got one of the most sought-out uh, free agents in Fissure in the offseason, of course. Uh, they got Marvel and Michelle from Lucky Future Zenith, which is a Chinese contenders team, not Korean contenders. They got... Um, they got Fitz from Element Mystic as, lo- as well as Jexy from uh, Element Mystic as well. Uh, Element Mystic, a, a team that a lot of people were were fiending for those players from Element Mystic. Uh, they lost a lot of people, though. They cut Miro. They cut Wakid. They cut uh, Guido. And Gambler retired. They also traded Kuki to Los Angeles Valiant and Zephyr to Florida Mayhem. So lots of changes for Soul Dynasty, and it made sense after uh, a disappointing season. They were expected to be one of the best teams, didn't make playoffs. Uh, Joe, the question is, are these changes enough to uh, to get them into playoffs this year? What what grade would you give their offseason? Yeah, so um, obviously you know, we talk about stuff on paper, and on paper the biggest addition to this roster has got to be Fissure. Uh, coming from LA Gladiators, you know, looking for an all-Korean team. Well, he's found one um, here in uh, in Seoul. Uh, coming in completely, uh, redoing their tank line, if you uh, don't count uh, Jaehong, which I don't. Um, <laughs> although I guess, I guess I guess some of it is returning too, but uh, completely redoing their tank line, um, staying with Fleta and Munchkin. Um on the um, DPS line, which is, you know, that's pretty solid, especially, uh, you know, F- Fleta is meta and all that. Um, uh, and um, then uh, Toby uh, and Jexay, and uh, again, uh, coming in with uh, Jay Hong as well for the support line. It's, you know, it's, it's a decently solid roster um, that's, uh, uh, the loss of Miro, I think, was... Uh, you know, relatively big for them. Um, obviously, they had um, other other plans, other directions they wanted to go uh, for that support line. But some of these other players make make made more sense, definitely. Um, I, I think they were a team. Uh, if I could do math quickly, that they, uh, I guess they had eleven players at the end of season one, so they they had a little bit of trimming to do, um, and definitely had uh, things that they wanted to address, but. Uh, you, you know, it's it's a solid enough roster, I think. Um, that uh, we'll see where I put him once we get to that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's just a matter of you know whether uh, some of the the changes and you know the, the small upgrades that they had were uh, enough to keep them maintained uh, going into uh, season two. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. It's 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 interesting to think to 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 sort of think about what how well how well Soul's even going to do this year. Fissure, of course, is a really big pickup, but I think everyone agrees that Michelle Marvel, uh, Jexy Fitz, they're all they're all good pickups. Um, but I mean, I I, I personally I, I don't know how great they really are, or if they're just. It feels to me as if they're just sort of replacing their old players that they had with players of similar skill in all honesty um i i don't see too many upgrades besides fissure at tank uh in the off season 
as far as pickup goes picks up pick pickups go um but they did keep i think they kept a nice core uh with fleta uh young of course everyone's fair player all that stuff i mean they, they've still got they've got i feel like they have the talent there and i feel like maybe even fissure is enough to push them over the edge but you need a little bit more especially with all this new talent coming into the league uh, all these all these new expansion teams coming into the league you need a little bit more i gotta give their offseason about a b minus uh did you give them a great job um i don't think so no um but yeah so yeah would i agree um yeah it's just, it's uh, i've said this about several teams already but you know they, they seem they seem sort of confident i guess and, and you know confidence it'll get you it'll get you some kind of far but it's it's hard to tell where um but yeah i think uh, i think a, B, a beer b minus is good uh, yeah for this team and they'll have to they'll have to earn higher than that <laughs> yes they will and they still have pressure on them they're the only korean team in this league we thought maybe there'd be a second one they've got some pressure on them from the korean market here that is the only the only team from korea yes yes <laughs> the only team located in korea Seoul. all right yeah of course there are many korean teams in this league. uh standout players mvp does i mean last year obviously i think everyone agrees there that fleta was Seoul's mvp last year ryo Hong, of course was good but i don't think he was as good he i don't think he was the caliber he was at before where he was obviously the best player on this team they added fleta a really good dps player uh, does he does he repeat for you this season or does fissure come in and become the mvp for Seoul? uh who, who do you think's carrying this team in the end joe if if anyone or is it a team effort i think um with the soul that we're looking at which had all those problems in season one and weird consistency things and weird um roster choices that were made and all that um that i think um particularly fissure is going to have to find success uh you know in order for this team to do well um that because um, with with the team that was Soul Dynasty in season one, and the person that was Fissure in season one, uh, <laughs> now now come together. I think there's gonna have to be some kind of, um, uh, you know, harmony that that needs to be reached here, because um, otherwise it's it's not gonna go well. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, that's 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 what I'm predicting uh, for this roster. But you know. That I think if if pieces do come together well, it's going to be okay. But uh, but yeah, I think a, a good portion of that is going to be on uh, on Fisher. I'd say. I agree with you 100. Uh, percent I really do believe he makes or breaks. And by breaks, I mean like get 13th or something. Like not that it's not going to be that bad if if Fisher doesn't perform well. But um, if he does perform well, I do think Seoul could make playoffs um do i think but the question is do i think they will and uh my answer to it is i really don't i last i don't fissure doesn't mold well i have a super bad taste in my mouth from when this guy decided that one of the best teams in the lead the la gladiators 
um, when it came to playoff time, he shouldn't help them win a championship. And that just leaves a super bad taste in my mouth. Um, and just sort of his freak out on social media. I, I, I'd still, I, it's still there. It's still lingering out of my mind. And I don't like it. And I think it's a bad sign already that he wasn't starting in that show match. I know it was just a show match, but it felt like kind of a bad sign to me. Um, so if, if there's going to be MVP, I'm going to give it to Fleta again because that guy is nuts on DPS. That's uh, true. Absolutely true. nuts. Okay. Uh, anticipated matchups for Soul Dynasty. I mean, I like Gladiators. Oh, of course. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, um, you know, if we think about are we looking for former teammates or are we looking for, um, you know, whatever, I think... Um, uh, I forget what other team I said this about, but another team recently that I said probably my my most uh, most exciting matchups for them are the ones whatever they have like in the first two weeks, because <laughs> in some ways that's going to be you know more exciting um, just to to see the the standard they set for themselves and the pace they set for themselves in the first couple weeks of the stage uh, than anything really. Yeah, um, I I completely agree with you on that one. Uh, Seoul, they play LA, then they play Dallas. Dallas was another one I was going to mention, of course, a classic rivalry. Uh, and then they play Chengdu, and then Boston, and um, then New York and Washington. So those are their first six games. Uh, I think New York, London, that was those were classic uh, Korean roster rivalries from last season. So seeing Seoul versus New York and Seoul versus London again will be very interesting. Um. But, uh, yeah, you make a good point there, Joe. I'm excited to just see this team play and see how they perform uh, against, especially L.A. I think that's a big test right away, uh, L.A. So that's going to be one of my favorite matches of week one. Okay, and then compared to season one, Soul Dynasty, they finished eighth overall in the standings at 22-18, and 18, uh, which was the same record as the Houston Outlaws, but the Houston Outlaws had a tiebreaker, I believe, to take seventh. So they, they they were just um they were just outside of playoffs. Uh this time if they do get eighth this time, they will be in playoffs. Well they'll be in the wild card thing. Uh so so um Joe, do you think we'll just do it based off playoffs, maybe. Uh do you think they'll do better as and by better I mean make playoffs the same just outside of playoffs or worse? They, yeah, to eighth out of twelve if you translate that to a, a 20 person team is, you know, like 13th or 14th, I think, uh, or maybe 12th. Um, but do, do, um, do, do, yeah, do they do better than that? Uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think they're going to be a top eight team. Um, and I say this with, um, uh, at least a first draft of my of my twenty team power rankings already done, um, and so, so I'm trying just not to to go off of that completely. But uh, but no, I don't think we're looking at a, a top eight playoffs team, um, uh, without without some some good luck and some help for sure. Uh, but also they're definitely not uh, bottom of the pack either. You know, I I'll put them, um, you know, somewhere in the you know, to 12 to 14 range. So about proportionally um, where they might have uh, finished season one, honestly, is where. Uh, 
leave in soul for the most part yeah joe I, I i gotta agree with you there about the same as exactly where where i have them i think they're just outside of playoff range uh if anything they just make that wild card uh play in tournament and they unfortunately can't make it to the playoffs is, is about where i have them so uh yeah overall i think soul they made some changes but i don't think the changes are a, a quite good enough all right joe that's that's all we got for episode 23, right? Anything else? Any last-second burning things you need to talk about, Joe? Uh, I don't think so. None that we won't come up with on Tuesday, probably. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. we already got our next episode here very soon. Uh, we're getting so much closer. Two weeks left. Uh, come back next week where we, we are going to preview Paris and Guangzhou and then eventually give our power rankings uh, in the final episode before the season. All right, social media. If you if you want to follow us on our personal Twitters, uh, you can head on over to JWGeorgeIV is mine, or uh, at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. is Joe's. That's I-N-C. Uh, we have a Twitter for our show. It's On The Flank Show. Uh, you can also email us, show at gmail.com. Any topics you would like us to talk about, you can tweet at us or email us, and uh, your topic might just make the show. You are listening to this in one way, but if you want to listen to it, uh, in another, you can go to ontheflank.podbean.com. You can go to my personal YouTube, which is John George, or you can find it on my Twitter page. You can go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you're uh, an iPhone guy. If you're a Spotify oh guy or girl, if you're uh, if you're an Android user, we're on Spotify or Google Play. Or if you're just an Android, I mean. Or if you are an Android, of course. If you're an Omnic, we are on Spotify and Google Play. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll catch you guys next week.